Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of all yourself. All right, guys, welcome back to the episode of the Whether that's through nutrition, I have with fitness, mindset, or life topics really in general, we've got you covered. To read and share with you guys all right, that I think let's not waste any more time really and dive right into the show. And I was lucky enough firsthand to actually hear her tell her story live in person this weekend, just a couple of days ago. We just got back from the Arizona um, Nutritional Coaching Institute live event incredible weekend full of learning and we just learned so much great information but also most importantly my favorite part is made a ton of connections and so I've you know I've met Chrissy before at um, the Nashville event but so I got to see her again but also make lots of other connections and just hearing her tell her story was incredible and I knew I had to have her come onto the show and share it with you guys as well so welcome Christy Thank you. Um, you. You failed to mention that you also got to share your story <laughs> and it was pretty powerful too. Um, no, I'm so glad to be here. I I am um, looking forward to just anytime I get to talk to you, by the way, I look forward to it. Um, I feel like we can relate to each other in a lot of ways and maybe your listeners can relate to. Um, so a brief version of my story is that I grew up 80s kid, so 80s, 90s, you know, eating all the processed junk. Um, my, I had a single mom and she really did the best shit she could, but she really wasn't like making homemade meals. You know, that just wasn't my growing up. We were always safe and fed, but it was mostly, you know, whatever we could grab. I mean, lots of hamburger helper, lots of like, you know, little Debbie kind of snacks, lots of pizza. Um, I mean, that is how I grew up. Lots of soda, um, in lots of cereal, you know, so you, <laughs> it was that, that kind of food, but I never struggled with my weight growing up. And I think it was because I was, I was very active. I was into soccer. So I was playing soccer year round. And I think because of that, although my eating habits were really poor, I didn't have any weight issues growing up. Um, it wasn't until I went into the Navy that I had the first of 10 knee surgeries. So the Navy, um, I went to the Naval Academy in my first year at the Naval Academy, they misdiagnosed a problem with my knee and they did an ACL reconstruction, which by itself is a big surgery. Um, that's a big one that, that ends professional careers sometimes, but that one surgery, they, they said that I was a statistical failure. Um, at the time, I didn't know that that also could mean that they made a mistake and that I shouldn't let, you know, continue mm-hmm. on, but I didn't know that. Um, I was 18 and I was like, okay, yes, I'm in the Navy. Like, tell me what to do. And they ended up doing, we had, I've had 10 total knee surgeries, including four ACL reconstructions, a microfracture, a bone graft, all to try to repair what this first surgery I never even needed. Um, but I go to tell you that is because I went from being very active, being able to run around and do all the things to that being what felt like it was taken away. Um, and after I graduated from the Academy, I got married, I had two children and for, with each pregnancy, I gained 50 pounds. So anytime I'd ever gained weight, even including when I was in the Navy, it was always like, well, what diet? or cardio do I need to do? Mm -hmm. Um, even in the Navy, I remember thinking, how long do I need to spend on this elliptical machine to burn off, you know, four pounds so that I could, you know, I, I calculated like that. Even when I, I got on a diet in the Navy, um, I remember going to what was supposed to be their nutritionist. 
or something. And I, and I was just beginning to struggle with my weight. It wasn't like overnight, you know, that's not mm-hmm. normally how it happens actually it's kind of slowly. Yeah. Um, but you have to make weight standards in the Navy. So even before I had kids, I was like starting to struggle because of, I was eating so poorly, but now my activity level had changed so much. Went to the, uh, the nutrition doctor or whatever. It wasn't a doctor's nutritionist at the Naval Academy. And they put me on a diet of boiled chicken breast, egg, um, hard boiled eggs, and soy milk. <laughs> Not oh shitting you. Gosh. It was the strangest <clears throat> thing. Um, but when I got out of the Navy and, and um, had my pregnancies, I gained 50 pounds with my first son and I used Weight Watchers to get it off because that's all I'd ever seen. Um, my mom was on Weight Watchers, you know, 15 times of growing up. So I was like, okay, well, that's what you do. Um, and so when I gained weight with my second son, 50 pounds, again, I'm five, four. So it's quite a bit of weight for my height. Um, I tried to lose it after he was born and it wouldn't go anywhere. It was like, I lost five pounds and then it was just, my body just stayed, Mm-hmm. stayed uh, 40 to 45 pounds overweight. And so I did all of the things that you do. I mean, I tried everything from the, you know, slim fast shakes to the smart one meals to um, all the diet foods that I thought you were supposed to get and nothing worked. I tried a MLM shake challenge. Um, I tried buying all of the machines. Like I bought an elliptical machine. I put it in my room. I brought Brazilian butt lift, a Wii Fit, like all the things that you buy. Um, but I also went back to Weight Watchers. I was like, I'm going to do this thing. And, you know, joining Weight Watchers is is not the best experience, really. Uh, to be honest, it feels shitty to walk in there, especially it's, it's always in a strip mall. You always feel exposed or like you're sort of confessing, you know, that mm-hmm. you're there's some, you, there's obviously some kind of character flaw with you that you can't lose weight on your own. So then you have to go into this place. And I know that there are some positives with Weight Watchers. So I'm not saying it's all negative, but I'm just sharing that like my experience of joining felt, felt very sad. And it also felt sad to go in there sometimes and to stand in line and to be weighed. And it just felt like this game that I was playing that, um, that I had somehow deserved. <clears throat> for being overweight and that if I just did my time that I would be able to be, be done with it. Yep. Um, how fast could I lose the weight and then just tell me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and pray that I could keep it off. Uh, but I never changed any of my habits. I never changed anything. I just manipulated it. You know, I manipulated my points to get what I need, but honestly it didn't work. Um, I don't know what had changed, but I couldn't lose weight. So I'd sort of just accepted that that's what mom life was going to be. Um, it's going to be wearing clothes that I don't feel good in and kind of give up that piece of me that felt like an athlete um, or that felt confident or happy in her body. I, I would hide in pictures. I mean, I had two little boys and we would go to, we took them to Disney before my husband left on deployment and I hid in all the pictures. Um, and I just kind of accepted, well, that this must be my, my life. Um, and I looked at other women who didn't struggle with their weight. And I was like, you know, what do they, what's different? Like, what do they know that I don't know? You know, mm-hmm. how are they better than me? Somehow um, I have this flaw, but um, we ended up moving home. I moved home to Maryland. I'm from the Eastern shore of Maryland. And my husband left on deployment. 
And so I had a full year and I thought to myself, like, I'm going to get in shape this year. And I joined a gym and it, it really wasn't the place for me. It felt lonely and sad there, even though I knew that I was supposed to find, you know, find fitness there. It didn't feel like that to me. It wasn't until I met a coach who invited me to his outdoor boot camp class in the park that it, it, that my life started to change because he really saw me, even though everything that he asked me to do was hard, even though I felt embarrassed, even though my knee sucked because it was still, you know, I was 10 knee surgeries deep then. Um, he, he just treated me like a person. He talked to me like, he's like, Hey, I see an athlete in there. Like him just saying that changed, changed me. So on like day one, um, the people who were a part of his class were a, a community. They cared if I didn't show up, they would message me and say, where are you? Um, and over the course of that year, I learned the basics. So it wasn't just exercise. It was, it was, I started to t ask him my questions about food. And I was like, well, you know, what diet thing do I need to buy? <laughs> and he's like, uh, let's just try eating more food, but the real kind, like, let's just make food at home. And it was just simple stuff like that. It was like, okay, just make your food at home. It wasn't like I had to do everything, you know, perfect. It was simple things, make your food at home. Let's not eat out so much. Um, if you do go to eat out, you know, have it be occasion. Otherwise just have it be normal, like eat, eat normal, like you would at home unless it's special, you know, and things like that. Nobody had ever told me before. And then he would say things like, you know, eat, you got to eat some more protein and, and drink water. And I just, I learned the secret code that no one had shared with me <laughs> um, up until then. So that year I, I did lose the weight. Um, but more than that, I found myself again. And because of that, I decided to become a coach. So I, I got certified as a coach and I think that was eight years ago. And so now I've been coaching ever since I started in person as a personal trainer and a coach uh, in CrossFit and weightlifting. I did a lot of time doing that. And then for the past three years, I've been coaching online um, with a company that I founded called Fit Me. And so we have a team of coaches all over the country helping women do exactly what I did, which is learn the basics and make it much more simple than it, than you know, it feels and giving them a community to be a part of while they're doing it. Um, really the ingredients that mattered most to me. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, thank you so much for sharing. And I can definitely relate to that a lot. And just like, you know, we, we discussed this weekend and um, in Arizona, definitely for sure. Like so, and I think a lot of people listening to this can relate to that. And, you know, one of the things that pointed out to me that I wrote down was, I wrote down two words of conforming and complacency as far as, you know, I feel like, you know, did you feel like at some point there was just like, it was easier just to stay complacent than to try to make some changes? Well, I think I, I don't think I had, I, I'm not sure if it was complacency more than it was definitely a lack of ownership, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had gotten a bad hand. Yeah. And so I felt like, well, my knee, I got this bad deal. Mm. Um, and I also felt like as bad as this sounds, I also felt like oh, I got a bad hand genetically. Like my mom had always struggled with her weight. So I was like, oh, well, mm -hmm. this is just my birthright, you know, to, yep. to struggle. And, um, and I was, I, I was never mad at her for it, but I think it was always in my mind, um, that somehow this wasn't me, but this was just what I got stuck with. Um, 
And so one of the things that changed for me, it wasn't, again, it it kind of was complacency, but to me, it was more ownership. Once I realized that I actually did have much more autonomy than I thought, and that even though my knee was hurt, there was still so much that I could do, both as a a human, as an athlete, as like just as a person, there were so many adventures that I could have, but I was going to have to do work to get get there. Um, And it wasn't going to look like someone else's journey. And then it was similar with food. It was, it, it wasn't easy to change my food habits, but I started owning the fact that I had spent zip zero time on learning how to eat healthy food. I mean, I couldn't cook an egg at, for at one point, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I needed to take some time to learn some basics. Um, and so I just, I think that's what was the switch was. Gotcha. And then also, I think another thing that I wrote down here was like being vulnerable. And I feel like that's something that like a lot of us, it's definitely uncomfortable for a lot of us. Um, but I know for me being vulnerable and sharing so much and connecting and making, you know, and getting into those types of communities of like-minded people have really been, you know, I think have been pretty much the reason for my success almost. How would you say like being vulnerable or like, you know, finding that community that you fit in with, even though at times when it has been uncomfortable has been helpful. Oftentimes community, it, you, you know, you want it, but it doesn't, but you can't fabricate it. Um, so you may feel alone or like you don't have a place that you belong. Um, even if you're surrounded by people. So PS, it wasn't like I was walking around, like feeling depressed about my general life. Mm-hmm. I felt actually fine mm-hmm. as a professional and as a mom um, as a wife, it was just that feel it's how I felt in my own body that I was so unhappy with. Um, and so that was very isolating because it felt like I was like walking through my days, you know, with this secret sadness. Um, and it would come up when, like it often does, if you walk around with those feelings, it tends to be shared in moments where, you can be shitty to yourself. So for example, like, oh, we're all going to take a picture. I'm not going to be in the front. Let me hide in the back because I look like a crap, you know, don't mm-hmm. want to see a picture, you know? So you mm-hmm. might think it all the time. It's sort of below the surface and then it comes out of your mouth. You know, you walk past a mirror and then you say something shitty, you know, or somebody asks you to do something and you're like, mm, nah, you know, and you kind of like back yourself out of it. So that feels very isolating when you're going through that and a community if you find a group of people who are on a like a shared journey with you Mm -hmm. um and inside that group of people you share some values you share things that tie you you and you can appreciate each other um the power there is that one you're not alone anymore you have somewhere you, you belong but two you tend to get out of your own way a little bit. You tend to get out of your own head. I find that people are often much more willing to do something for someone else than they are for themselves. And so a lot of the work that you can do actually becomes clear when you have someone else that you care about. So for example, if you're in a community, like say it's an online community and someone posts a picture and they say something crap to themselves because they practice that. And you've done it too before. Mm-hmm. When you're in a community and somebody you care about, you actually can tell them, hey, like, don't be so hard on yourself. This looks great. Or, you know, yes, but like, how far have you come? Are you kidding? Uh, and 
you're saying that to them, but at the same time, you're almost practicing saying it to yourself. Community gives you the opportunity to treat other people better. And it gives you the opportunity to practice treating yourself better. I like that. That That's really powerful. I mean, I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I never thought of it that way as far as like, it's giving you that outlet to practice on others as if you wish it was yourself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Cause at first you're not going to be nice to yourself. You're not. Um, but I think when you, you can see it in someone else, um, then you can start to poke holes in some of those crappy things that aren't true. Um, and you can start poking holes and limiting beliefs around what's possible, uh, because you are invested in someone else's journey. And so that's really, really powerful for, for you. And it's, it makes it so that it's easier to stick with this too. I mean, at the end of the day, any transformation, physical journey, or even mental can take a long time. And so being able to stick with it, um, is kind of half the, half the battle. Yeah. I mean, and and, not only does it take a long time, but it's, you know, it's work. I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. like, and it's not maybe like, I always like to say it's not easy, but it's simple. And so you need people with you that are like kind of reminding you constantly of like, you know, you're doing the right things, even when you're maybe not seeing the scale go down, or maybe you're not seeing changes that you want here and there. Maybe you're not seeing things as quick as you thought it would be. You know, you have those people around you to remind you, oh, you know, that, you know, that's the right speed or, oh, look at these changes. You're not noticing this, but look at, you know, your clothes are fitting better on you or look how bright your energy is now. I mean, to point out all these important things that maybe you you yourself may not be able to notice. And with getting a a hundred percent. And and when did you start working with a coach? When was that? Yeah. Like when I started working like a that first original coach. Yeah. Like when did you start like looking for not like is that when you found community or did you find a coach first? It was the coach first. He introduced me to it. It was his community that he built. Um, and so I think that's that coach was uh, it was really key because because he, he asked me questions that no one had asked me before, even when he was just first inviting me to the class. Um, and then it was his community that he built that he welcomed me into. And so yes, I made a lot of friendships outside of you know my relationship with that coach. Um, but that was a game changer for me. So I'm still friends with him. I mean, that was, you know, eight years ago mm-hmm. and he's still doing his thing, uh, training clients on the Eastern shore of Maryland. So yeah, I think that's how it worked. And people that were a part of that community, it's funny. They're still in my world. A couple of them actually work for fit me. Um, people that's that awesome. I met at his class. That's incredible. Um, and then when I had my own class the following year um, out here in Washington, I had my own, you know, outdoor in the park boot camp class. Mm-hmm. And some of those people, I'm, I'm thinking maybe three or four of them are actually a part of Fit Me staff right now still. So, so like, you know, seven years later, they are still doing the journey for themselves, a part of this and um, in my universe. That's incredible. What were some of the first things you made as far as um, nutritional changes when you first started your own journey? Let's see. I think the very first big change was to start making food at home. So that was a big change. Instead of thinking, okay, well, I'm going to go to the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru and I'm going to pick the 
lowest calorie thing on the menu. That would be like the negotiation with myself. <laughs> yep. I just stopped doing that. And so then at home, I would make things like eggs and steel cut oats and I'd put some blueberries in it and that would be breakfast. So that was new for me to kind of do that thing. Um, again, it was, it's so weird to make that mindset shift from diet food or calorie restriction to just starting to eat. Um, because you, for a long, you're, you're going to feel motivated by the weight loss. So you feel like, okay, well, I'll just do whatever I need to do. Um, but oftentimes our life has adapted to convenience foods. And so we live a life where we actually don't have space to make real food, or we don't know how to put grocery shopping in our weekly routine because we haven't had to. And so then that's another piece of friction that it's like, you start with, okay, well, I want to eat better. And yes, I understand. I want to make food at home or I want to eat out less, but you actually don't have anything in your routine that would help you do that because then you're like, it's too hard. I can't do it. And I, the work actually becomes, okay, well, how do I do that in mm -hmm. my life? And then you make, you make adjustments and it's fine. You make, you create a new routine. So that was probably one of the biggest ones was starting to make more food at home and do far less fast food. Um, and so that was a big change. And then the second change for me also included, um, giving up diet soda. And now I know this doesn't need to be something everybody does. So this is purely speaking from my stand standpoint, mm -hmm. but I had used soda my entire life as the thing that I drank all day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at one point it was regular soda. And then in the Navy, I actually switched to diet soda and energy drinks. And so I was doing, you know, six, seven, eight diet sodas a day easily. I mean, I wouldn't walk out the door. And then when I was out of the Navy, it's like, I wouldn't walk out the door to get in the car if I didn't have a diet Coke. And then I would check out of the, at a store, buy a diet Coke, you know, you'd sit down in a restaurant as a diet Coke. It was all day. It was literally what I drank all day. And so for me, one, there's probably plenty of negative health consequences for drinking that much processed, you know, soda. There's mm -hmm. not great ingredients in there. But also for me, it it needed to go because I was using it in sort of like an addictive personality kind of way. Interesting. Um, I didn't I didn't have a moderation button for diet soda. <laughs> and so I had tried, I tried to step it down. Um, didn't work every time I would think, okay, well, I'm just going to have two. That's my rule too. You know, mm -hmm. nope, it never, ever worked for me. Um, and so I kind of owned that too. Again, talking about ownership, it wasn't like, oh, well, oh, well, it, all of a sudden I was just like, you know what? It's gone, done. Um, and that was a very important boundary that I created for myself. And again, it doesn't have to be everyone else's truth. But for yeah. me, this thing was a problem. And I created a boundary around food. I had never done anything like that before. Nothing that was my boundary that I had said, this is my thing, you know, that I had the opportunity to test every day, essentially, because mm -hmm. you had seen soda everywhere. I wanted it forever. I was like truly addicted to it. And so um, I haven't had a diet soda since. I'm talking eight years. Wow. I haven't had one. It's not, 
And, and I think to me that confidence of asserting that boundary for me, and it wasn't all or nothing. Again, this was sort of like a, a health choice that I knew I needed to make. I had a lot of skin issues and a lot of stuff going on that I was like, you know, this can't be healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that being okay with setting a food boundary and then sticking to it, that was the real win there, you know? Gosh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure. And like you said, like, even just like that, that mentality, that, that mental focus it took just to like set a boundary for yourself and then, but not only set it, but then maintain that and having that and like showing yourself that you have that integrity to be able to keep up with that goal. I'm sure that mm-hmm. alone has helped just like with your mindset. Is, mm-hmm. is there anything else you do to help with like mindfulness or anything related to like just kind of daily practices that help you get through each day that you know, maybe things you wouldn't have done before, but you find helpful now? Mm. Well, there's a couple practical ones. So I can share a couple of my other boundaries that I've used um, and that we use in Fit Me. And <clears throat> one of those is that if I wouldn't want it in my house on my worst day, don't put it in my house. Interesting. It's a simple rule. Um, it doesn't mean that I can't have ice cream Sunday. I can have an ice cream Sunday. I just don't put it in my house because on my most stressful day, if I have a, you know, a carton of mint chocolate chip ice cream, there's no portion size, you know, it's just, I would eat it because I would feel stressed and I wouldn't care. Um, and I don't want to play that game with myself. I don't, I don't want to play the game of discipline. Um, I actually find that most people who stick to a healthy lifestyle in the long run, don't play the game of discipline. They have boundaries in place that they, that work for them. And then they make conscious choices when they want to do something different. It's not like an accident. Food doesn't become something that just like dominates their day and um, makes a decision for them. It's, it's okay. I would really love to go get some ice cream with my family. Like let's go out and get ice cream. And it's not a thing as opposed to feeling like you have to have ice cream stocked in your house because everybody wants it. And then you have to fight the battle every single day that you're going to have one little serving. And then on the days that you don't have a serving or you, and you just overdo it, it's a thing. Mm -hmm. So mindset wise, it's funny because feeling empowered to have different kinds of boundaries. Like if I wouldn't want in my house, my worst day, don't buy it and put in my house. That helps. Um, I think also being okay with little wins. This is something I do all day. Um, and mindset wise makes a big difference, which is I count little wins all day. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's funny because we're talking, it's fairly early here in Washington state. So it's, um, eight o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got dressed before we hopped on and I put my leggings on and my sneakers and my shirt and my sweatshirt. And I felt like check when, you know, <laughs> you got your workout clothes on already. You got sneakers on. Um, you could have stayed in sweatpants. Nobody would know because it's a zoom call. Um, <laughs> you could have stayed in pajamas and sometimes changing your clothes is all you need to do in the morning. It's just a simple thing, but it sets you on the course of, you're not going to sit around. You're going to do stuff. Um, but it's funny that, I mean, I get dressed every single day. I've been coaching for eight years and I still think it's a win when I put my workout clothes on. I feel like, well, 
I, I get points for that. Um, and I get, I do that all day. So in my head, I give myself little points. Like for example, there's my water bottle right behind me. It's almost finished from yesterday. I'm going to go fill it up. The filling it up is the win, right? Yeah. It's, it does. We, sometimes we get in this place where like, okay, well I have to drink 90 ounces. I'm going to spread it out over the whole day and do this whole thing. It, it, we tend to just overcomplicate. It's like, what's the next simple thing to do? Mm-hmm. So when we hang up from the podcast, the only thing I'm going to make myself do is fill up that water bottle, check, win. Um, so that piece has, has really been a mindset. Um, I don't know if it's a mantra or a practice. I, I think it's a practice, the practice of celebrating little wins. Mm-hmm. Um, it also forces you. It sounds fun when I'm talking about it. Yep. I can count little wins, but little wins can actually be pretty uncomfortable because oftentimes we have plans to do something bigger or better. Mm -hmm. And then the plans get messed up. And then we just want to be like, well, I can't do anything then all or nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. don't get to make my class at the gym. Screw it. Missed it because of stupid traffic. I'm not doing it, but that comes back to that ownership piece. It's like, nope, you can do something. You're just choosing not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to own this time, even if it's now 620 and I only have till seven, I miss the class that I like. You have 40 minutes. And so the little win would be, okay, I went anyway. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and I did something. I YouTubed a workout that I could do with these pieces of equipment and I got it done. That is the mindset shift. That's the difference between someone who owns it, their journey and and will make it work and knows how to celebrate little wins versus flowing through, you know, everyone else pushing and pulling you and, and just being, you know, sort of a, I don't know. It's, it's all, this is just the hand that I was dealt, right? Like mm-hmm. whether that's a today hand or whether that's a, you know, a monthly hand, it's like our year and your whole life. You're like, you can feel that way and it doesn't serve you. Mm-hmm. So I hear you, you may have a bad hand <laughs> or you feel like today sucked. Um, but the, the mindset of, I can't do anything about it doesn't serve you. So you might as well let it go um, mm-hmm. and start celebrating little wins and start finding places where you can make it work. Even if it's not, not the best and the most perfect um, because that does serve you that builds confidence that also builds change when done repeatedly. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. No, absolutely. I love that. And I love the little wins um, that you talked about, you know, that you celebrate each and every day, like throughout the day, like I think that's really good because I think a lot of people look at their entire day as a win or a lose. And it's like, if we break this down into like little tiny wins all day long, you get to celebrate these. Like you said, you're celebrating wins before eight o'clock in the morning. Like that's incredible. Like it's just a, it's such a mindset shift of like, I'm doing, I'm doing great all day long. And then it's like, all right, maybe if I take one loss, it's like a little loss throughout the day, you know, instead of like, you know, mm-hmm. being the whole day is a loss. And it's like, you said, you take that kind of like that screw it mentality of like, all right, I'm just going to eat or drink, you know, and, and not exercise and who cares. It's like, all right, you move that. I missed that little win, but you know, five minutes later, I can have another little win, you know, the, mm-hmm. the next little win, it's just getting right back to it. I mean, like there's so it many, is little things you can make out of that. I love that. You know, um, it's funny as, uh, you know, everything that you do, you can look back on and, and be mad at yourself, or you can just take the, the things that you learned. And so it's funny that as you share that, 
I actually realized I might have in part come up with that from my experience with Weight Watchers. Strangely, I mean, I have all these like negative experiences, but one of the things I do remember at one of these Weight Watchers meetings was someone saying, why don't you start your points over in the middle of the day? Like who says you have to have, because in Weight Watchers, if you don't know, at least when I did it, you had a certain number of points. So they calculated how many points you get. So you'd have like 24 points and you could spend those points on certain combinations of food. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at one of the meetings and someone saying, essentially, why don't you start your points over at lunchtime <laughs> rather than first thing in the morning? Um, and what was interesting about that is it has stuck with me ever since because I've never forgotten it is it was sort of the idea of you can do what you want if it mentally makes it better for you. Um, You can adjust things. And if the day somehow goes crap, like in the morning, you can start over at lunchtime and just be like new day, new day, you know, starting now. Um, And I think um, it's funny enough. Yeah, I feel like that might have even come way back from my experience there. So if you're listening and there's going to be things that you can take away from, you know, those past experiences, you don't have to feel bad about them and bury them. Um, there's something probably good or that you learned that you can take on your journey now um, as you're doing something different. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I tell a lot of my clients that it's like, you know, all the bad that, or you say, I'm saying bad quotes is like mm-hmm. diets you've done in the past you know, they were all just lessons. Maybe Mm -hmm. that didn't work for you. Okay. Why didn't it work for you? You know, maybe someone who tried intermittent fasting didn't like it. And they're like, oh yeah, because I like having a high protein breakfast in the morning to keep me full until lunchtime. Um, so I'm not overeating at lunch. Maybe, you know, somebody who has done, you know, keto or Atkins and cut their carbs are like, you know, I felt like crap. Okay. Well, you learned that carbohydrates are going to make you feel better throughout the day, you know, have more energy, you know, maybe things like that, like that, like, so Mm -hmm. really look at, what each of these things are teaching you, each opportunity just allows um, more growth in the future, honestly. Yep. A hundred percent. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't even serve you to be crappy to yourself about the things that you tried. No, it's not, not helping you now. No. So um, it, yeah. Well, you know, kind of wrap it up here. I always like to ask my um, guests at the end of the show, what are one to two, maybe in three things, depending on how many you have to share things that somebody could do if they're starting their own health journey today, or, you know, what could they do to start improving their health? Like your top two pieces of advice. Um, walk more. This one's an easy one. Yep. Um, if you are sitting most of the day and you even insert one half hour walk, you're improving your health in multiple different ways. Um, if you're walking a little bit, you could walk more. So just walk more. Um, our bodies don't have to recover from walking. It increases, you know, our metabolism by getting our like overall burn rate up. It tends to be great for our mental health because we can do what bodies do, which our minds tend to reset while we're walking. Um, it can give you a good break and help manage your stress, you know, um, and at, and at the end of the day, it's actually physically good for you. It's good for your bones. It's good for your muscles. Um, and it helps your joints because oftentimes if you're like me, then you sit a lot. And so walking can help with that. So that be piece of device. Number one, um, 
piece of advice number two is don't drink your calories. Yep. This is one of our fit me basics. It's something that we teach from day one. Um, drinking your calories should be a treat or an occasion, not a daily practice. And so search for places that you're drinking your calories and work to step those down. Um, I, I see you sugary coffee drinkers. Like I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> uh, it is incredible what that can do. If you are on a weight loss journey, or if you are just trying to overall be healthier, if you're somebody who drinks, um, alcohol every day, if you can step that down, it doesn't need to go away forever. I'm not saying it doesn't need mm-hmm. to go away at all. It just needs to not be something that you do every day yep. because your body has to, you know, deal with that. Um, certainly if you're somebody who drinks soda, like me, like how I was or sugary drinks, removing those can be enormous, um, for your health and your weight loss, or just your overall wellness goals, replace it with water, save drinking your calories on a for occasion. I re- it was funny, funny you say this because uh, two weeks ago it was freezing cold. My kids were finishing up their football season and I was outside all day. And I said to, we were going to go through Starbucks mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, and I go through Starbucks a lot. Actually, I just get a black Americano. That's what I drink now, but I'd been outside all day and I'd worked out that morning and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of down for a treat today. I want a treat. And so I saw on their menu, they had this, um, Irish coffee, cold brew, mm-hmm. Irish cream, cold brew. Yeah. And I saw it and I was, it was like one of their holiday options. Yep. And I never order this kind of stuff. Right. Because I, I a long time ago, I had learned that we don't drink our calories as a thing, mm-hmm. but I wanted a treat. And so I ordered the Irish coffee, cold brew. I was pumped about it. Mm-hmm. Um, got my kid a Frappuccino that he was pumped about. And I tasted the Irish coffee, cold brew, and it tastes good at first, but then there was this weird aftertaste. And I don't know, there was probably nothing wrong with it. I just didn't like it. I actually just didn't like the flavor of it. And so I had two sips of it and then I was like, I should just drink it. I mean, it was, there was the sugar was in there, you know, I'd already bought it. I'm like, I should just drink this. And then I thought to myself, no, you don't even like it. Like don't have a treat that you don't even like. Um, And so I didn't drink it. Uh, And then I celebrated that as a big win because- Oftentimes we just eat things because we either purchased it. Someone gave it to us. We feel like we need to, because we don't think we're going to have a chance to get another thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, because of the sugar and we want it and it doesn't even taste good and we don't even like it. Um, so yeah, I didn't drink it. And then I had a different treat later in the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's definitely a huge win. And one more thing, when you mentioned, um, like when you're like fit me, you're like kind of like guidelines that you all follow. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share more? I've heard you talk about the fit me plate. Can you share that yes. real quick? Yeah. So in fit me, one of the things that we do that's different is we sort of go based off the idea that simple, simple and sustainable mm-hmm. is our, is our whole jam. Love it. Um, so we, we start with these basics. Um, and this is, I mean, it's not like, oh, you learn the basics and then yay for you, you get to do something fancy. The basics is what we do, but we do it mm-hmm. over and over and over again, um, throughout the year in your real life seasons. Um, and then it becomes a foundation that you can build anything off of. Um, so one of those, a couple of, I've already shared a few of those basics with you. Um, one is we don't drink our calories. Another one of the basics is that if you don't want it in your house on your worst day, don't buy it. I like that. Uh, another one of our basics is to move every day. 
Mm-hmm. So regardless of whether you consider it a workout, um, bodies were meant to move. And so move every day is one of our basics. Um, and we try to shoot for 30 minutes of intentional movement every single day. Mm-hmm. Another one of our basics is the fit me plate. Um, and so a, what a fit me plate is, it's a simple way to build a healthy plate without having to use a complicated recipe. Um, and a fit me plate starts with protein about the size of your palm. Um, so that's about a protein portion. So you're going to put that on your plate first. The next, um, the next piece is you're going to fill half of your plate with veggies. So anything you want, it should fill up half your plate. Next, you're going to do a quality carb, ideally from the ground. So for example, using rice or something, um, sweet potatoes, you know, other root vegetables about the size of a tennis ball is a ballpark serving. And then you can add healthy fat. So that could be dressing on your salad. It could be butter. It could be, you know, avocado, you name it. And we're looking at like one or two thumbs. So a thumb is about a tablespoon, two thumbs would be two. Um, and so then you season well, or maybe you seasoned it when you cook, but that is a fit me plate. It is as simple and basic as it gets. And sometimes we do, we, we talk about fit me plate inspired. So again, you might not have a carb from the ground. Maybe you're like, okay, well, I'm going to use tortillas. They're going to look a little bit processed, but they're like, they're still in the same ballpark. Same Mm -hmm. principle applies. It's you still built a balanced plate, fit me plate inspired. You know, we're not, it's not religion. It's not like you can only have (laughs) pure whole foods. It's just to teach the concepts of this is how you build this, this plate. And these are the ballpark portion sizes that you need. Um, and so we focus on trying to get one or two fit me plates a day, knowing that your third meal might not look like that. Um, but this is one of the cornerstones of our program in fit me. And I think like the fit me plate is something you can adapt to eating out. It's something you can adapt to, um, vacation. It's something you can adapt to pretty much anywhere. Um, so that's what it is. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. That um, I think a lot of times people need to hear that kind of a reminder of how things don't have to be complicated, like how simple it really can be. And mm-hmm. so I definitely want to make sure that was mentioned to so thank you. Well, thanks again so much for coming on today's show. This has been awesome. Love chatting with you. Um, where can people reach out and talk to you? Um, if they're maybe are interested in working with you or your team, how can people contact you? So there's two places that I, that I think you should go. The first place is my Instagram account. So Christy May Campbell, it's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-M-A-E Campbell, like the soup, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. Find me on Instagram because I am on there every single day and I'll show you things in my stories. And I like to make it posts that you can use in your life. The kind of things that I'm telling you right now that are practical and you can do something with it. Um, but you also get to see my cool dogs and my kids. So my three kids and my crazy three dogs. Um, and then the other place that you can connect with me is my five minute long. It's five to 10 minutes long. It's daily podcast. It's called fit me coffee talk. So if you go to your podcast platform, search fit me two separate words, and then coffee talk. Um, I post five to 10 minute episodes every day, kind of with these sort of perspective shifts or questions that you can consider, um, thoughts that I've, you know, considered takeaways, something that's very, 
um, short and easy for you to digest, but ultimately will change the course of your day because you'll be able to use it as you go through your day. It's kind of like that, like little wins concept. It's like, that's not something that is super complicated, but now I remember it and I see it throughout my day. And so my day is different. That's what we do on coffee talk. So those are the two places. Follow me on Instagram. Um, we can connect there and subscribe to my podcast for these short daily episodes. Awesome. Again, thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. And again, I just want to say also just side note here. Um, I want to say thank you again for allowing me to share my story in um, Arizona this past weekend. That was definitely a highlight of probably my entire weight loss journey so far being able to do that. So thank you for that opportunity as well. Well, you're welcome. And honestly, you, um, you played a role in inspiring that whole talk because as I was talking, I could see you. <laughs> and so I could feel the connection there. <laughs> right. So it, it helped to know that as I was sharing my story that I already wasn't alone, but then when given, given the opportunity to, um, have you share, it was like, you took that opportunity, um, which is amazing because there were other people in the room that needed to hear your version and your story. So I thought it was pretty damn cool of you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Christy, thanks again so much. And definitely talk to you later and guys go give her a follow, reach out to her. She has some great content for you guys and, um, talk to you guys later. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Shades and Health podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.